Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Does he swerve when he drives? No, he swerves with a crutch in his hand in a big swerve angle. But what was Hangman's plan? I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by Tempest. Welcome to the Rest Up Podcast review of AEW Dynamite. Please do press the subscribe button. Give us a little thumbs up as well. Leave a comment down below if you're watching this video on demand with your thoughts on the episode. And if you're watching live, join our wonderful community. Join the chat. Let us know your thoughts on the show. We'll be kind of keeping an eye on it, reading out some choice comments. But if you want your comments guaranteed to be read out on the show, resttalk.com forward slash support is the link to click or the one to put into your URL bar because we'll read out every single chat above the five US dollar amount before the end of the broadcast. And this is a broadcast you're lucky you're getting because we were playing... Okay, humble brag, we were playing 2K24 (laughs) and we sort of lost a bit of track of time and then we just finished up our second Royal Rumble and then I went, oh no, we're going live in 10 minutes. We need to run to the studio now. So I'm just saying, you're lucky we're here. Yes. Thank us. (laughs) It could have gone very, very differently. Uh, But more on 2K24, perhaps next-ish week. Mm -hmm. We can't really talk about much anyway because the embargo is not fully lifted. I don't think. No. I think we can say that we are... got it i'm playing it well it's too late to not say that well it's too late now but it's fine they like us anyway thank you so much for watching uh we're going to be talking about this opening segment here so i was i was quite fascinated by your reaction to this because i you i was in the office with you when you saw this segment and you had a big like over arm i was like like, "Ah, there it is arm pump in the air when they did the big reveal but I have, like, the majority of the takes that I've seen on this, like, when I, you know, I finished watching the show and I, I caught up on the, the sort of the online reaction to it was, what was Hangman's plan here? Mm. Like, what, what, what was the purpose of his swerve? Because what happened in the, the episode where it opened was Hangman Page came out on a crutch. Very good sell of the crutch, as Fight Force Lake reported last week. He's totally fine. He's just very good at selling. Mm-hmm. And he was very good at selling this opening moment here. And he cut what was a very babyface promo which was guys like i really wish that i could i you know be in the match this weekend but i can't i think back to when i won the world title last time and i really wanted that feeling again but 
I can't, I can't do it. And Swerve comes out, and he kind of like almost this respectful thing of, yeah, buddy, well, we've been through wars together. You and I have done all these things, and like I think we're destined to do this forever. But it's my destiny to win the title, and maybe we'll do this later on down the line. Samoa Joe comes out, and he runs down both of them, and then Swerve cuts this impassioned babyface promo about how. I will do anything to get this world title. I invaded a man's home and cut a promo on a child. I'll do anything to get the, to get to the top of this game. And then Hangman hit him with the crutch, revealed that it's all a big ruse. Later on in the show, Excalibur called him the liar Hangman Page. <laughs> it was so cutting. <laughs> the liar Hangman Page is in the triple threat. So it was all a big ruse. I really enjoyed Hangman's performance when he, mm. he was literally shouting at Samoa Joe, he won't be champion, he won't be champion, I will be champion. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But you, you really dug this. Yeah, I mean... I think the performances carried a lot of it, and it wasn't really until after where the the idea of, well, what was Hangman's plan here? Because things had to go right for him to be able to pull off this ruse, and I don't think it is you know disingenuous for people to, to make those claims that maybe this didn't have as much logic as as it could have, but at the same time... I look at it and be like, well, how big of a leap do you have to take mm. to make this logical? You know, like having Hangman attack Swerve. What segment have these guys been involved in in the last three, four months that haven't included the other? You know, so this idea, well, well, this plan only works if Swerve comes out and that's not guaranteed. I feel like it almost is. Yeah, I also feel like that's that's too much of a logic leap. I don't need you need to take that leap for mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah, like I don't think you need to take the oh for his plan to work. Then this person needs to come out. Like I'm, I'm not talking about that. It's just more. Was it just a ruse to attack him with the crutch? Was it a, a ruse to play mind games with Swerve to kind of like lull Swerve into the sense of security that it is going to be a one-on-one match? But Swerve, it's actually me, and it is a triple threat match. Or is it more just like I thought it was a segment designed to further cement? This guy's the heel now. Mm-hmm. This guy is the baby face. And just like, it's because we've been peppering that through the last few weeks. But this one was the one to be like, no, no, no. We are doing the turn. Mm-hmm. And this is the turn that we're doing. I think it's a little bit of that. I think because the last few weeks, especially with the draw and hangman's reluctance to go in and do an extra five minutes and everything, that's where a lot of the heel tendencies have really come from but even coming out of that match there was talk of well maybe they've just kind of called an audible in in how they have done this because it was a very pro swerve crowd and not as much of a pro hangman crowd so i think if they have decided that that is the direction that they're going which it very much seems like they have Mm -hmm. it has been last week and now into this week where they've really gone subtlety be damned here is what we're doing and i think as the go home angle for your world title match of the pay-per-view it was very effective in that i think talking myself into that line of thinking i think there is something that could be said regarding the feigning an injury angle which we've seen done before i think back to like Shawn michaels when he did it with the angle that started his and jericho's rivalry in 2008 that was very well received at the time where he did it to win a match, mm-hmm. right? So 
in that moment, you can think, okay, well, he's doing this because it helped him win this match against Batista. And he's keeping this act going, you know, as a way to kind of like lead into that lie and stuff. Whereas this, I think I could have also liked to have seen the injury and the, you know, faking of the injury and all that carry over into the triple threat match. Yeah, agreed. Where you go through this and be like, you know, the doctors have urged me against this and that, but damn it, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to make me miss revolution. And then you get to the pay-per-view and then he does something and he's like, ah, I've actually got you, Swerve. I got you right where I want you, that sort of thing. But if they're not going to do that, if they want to establish the roles of these characters more so before we get there, I think what they did was very effective. I was trying to like apply my own... like. I'll I'll put a narrative onto this because I thought it was interesting that they brought up the home invasion in this segment. Yes. And then had a shot of Hangman Page reacting to that. And I've kind of got this idea in my head. And like I I'm I'm fully admitting, like, I'm putting I'm creating this worldview. I don't think the show is creating this worldview, but that's everything that Dan and I have been doing on SmackDown. <laughs> You're allowed to do that as a wrestling fan. Uh but it's this idea of he had a bigger plan in mind of what he was going to do with this ruse, whether it's down that road that you were talking about there of feigning this injury and then revealing, no, I am going to be in this match. But the mention of the home invasion and cutting the promo on his kid, his emotions got the better of him mm-hmm. and he lapsed in judgment and he was just like, ah, let's smeg it. I'm just going to do it now. I'm just going to attack him with the crutch now. And actually I thought the, the thing that I'd say was really effective about this is that I like how it's done a little switcheroo in that the story going into this show was is hangman gonna be ready for it is he actually too injured to go in and coming out of it it's now is swerve gonna be injured going into it because he attacked swerve and swerve just dropped yeah and they were putting hard over on commentary he's not moves mm-hmm. he hasn't moved since he hit him with that crutch and he was very slow to get up so now all of a sudden swerves going in there not only in the disadvantage of it being a triple threat he's now got the injury disadvantage as well yeah, it's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that, like how much of that injury, whether they will play on, you know, the the back of the head, the neck, you know, does he have concussion symptoms or anything going into the match on Sunday? I think that's a really interesting angle that they could take. And this is probably the best way that they could have gotten to that if that is what they want to do with that match. It's just I agree completely about the, the home invasion line, mm-hmm. because when he said that, I was like, any second now yeah, yeah. i was expecting him to like come into frame there because they were very clearly just shooting swerve stood up against the ropes looking towards the entrance ramp and you know hangman page is still behind him with that crutch so uh, me knowing that this is probably now going to happen just because of how they were shooting it i thought he was going to do it in direct response to that line mm-hmm. turns out it was about a minute later but i still think it was very effective in that that even though Swerve is getting cheered and people are really getting behind him, he's done heinous things. And it's those heinous things that have caused Hangman Page to have this really deep-rooted hatred for this man. And ultimately, getting further away from the actual angle that's happened here and more just talking about the characters, this is what's really going to make this Hangman Page character that much more interesting to me this time around this year. Because it's exactly like that Shawn Michaels-Jericho rivalry that I brought up earlier where Jericho turns and his big reason for turning is you people chose this man that lied to you 
over me, who was just trying to do the right thing. And now Hangman's here like you guys cheered for this man that invaded my home and threatened my child. Who are you? I don't want to be cheered by you. I anymore. don't want you guys. So regardless of how this episode played out, which I still think was quite effective, it's that character. And I'm just waiting for that promo That's that we'll one, get yeah. when they go full blown heel turn area, probably soon after this pay-per-view, if I had to guess, that has me really excited. So we've already recorded our Revolution predictions that will be going up tomorrow here on the channel and out on the podcast feed. And I mean, spoilers for that. I've got Hangman to win. I've, I've, I don't know why. Like these last couple of weeks, I've just been down this river. Like I think Hangman's going to win the belt. And it's made me even more excited for the match. I was already stoked for it. But I love this Hangman character. Love like Swerve is just effortlessly cool. Yeah. And what's fun as well to say about like, I love this Swerve character is that the Swerve character hasn't changed. No. He's exactly the same Swerve Strickland that we had two months ago. He, I think, even said in this promo, "It's like I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I'm not a good dude. I invaded a man's home and cut a promo on his child. That's what I'll do to get this world title. I'll do it again. Like he is nothing changed about his character. And on top of that, Samoa Joe, he's so cool as AEW champion is so cool. We, we talk about this on the the prediction show tomorrow, but like he just comes out on every show, says three things, and all three things are awesome. Yeah." He's so great. It blows me away. And because we, again, said on the prediction show, I had thought that this this era of his career was long behind him. The world champion era of Samoa Joe, unfortunately, was just going to end up being a thing of the past. And yet here he is, world champion of AEW, and he's just the coolest kid in school. He's awesome. I love this man. This man is so awesome. And... I think a short reign could be really effective for him because we've not really seen that other than ones caused by fate and such. What with Punk and Mox and those type Mm. of things in 2022. But a short and effective reign I don't think is off the table here if they want to go with Hangman Page or Swerve for that matter. But it makes this triple threat match at the pay-per-view just that much more interesting. I really do think any of these three guys could win and have it be a really good result. I might actually suggest, uh, Mod Month, if you can hear me, let's do a poll. Yeah. Let's do a three-way poll here. Who do you, who you got this Sunday? Because I'm genuinely curious as to where the kind of the, the wind is blowing at the moment. Do we think it's Joe? Do we think it's Swerve? Do we think it's Paige? Because this whole time I've been thinking it's Joe. Mm-hmm. The closer we get into the paper, I'm like, no, I think it's Paige. And in the back of my mind, it's like, it could be Swerve's time. Because they're going to crown this guy at some point. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting that he mentioned Destiny a lot in this segment and they have there's a pay-per-view that might be happening in april called dynasty or dynasty however you want to say and i was like well those words are pretty similar Mm -hmm. uh, but i just want to put over the line from samoa joe and he said he was putting both of them over saying yeah you are both young hungry competitors and that's because i've been starving your asses and that got a big response from the people and not like big hits a catchphrase or any of these like sick burns or anything everything about his delivery is just on point so good Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, right, well, the poll is up. So while you're filling in that and giving us your thoughts, let's get into what you have to say in the Ultra Chats for this episode, wrestle.com forward slash support. Um, the Guilty Hat here says, This was a bit too contrived to me. Hangman pretends to pull out of a title match on the hope that Swerve will come out so he can attack him. Why not just jump him backstage? What was the plan if Swerve didn't come out? What did Adam actually gain from this? So yeah, I I don't want to go into the whole like, well, what would happen if he didn't come out? Because it's pro wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. People interrupt people's promos all the time. Like that's that's not a logic hole I'm looking at. But my logic hole I'm looking at from the guilty hat is more this: what did Paige actually gain from this? I guess it's how much the injury is played up. Yeah, it, it will have to do with how much damage Swerve has taken from this because we didn't see him for the rest of the show, you know. And I think that was very apt that this was the opening segment, and then these guys were just not seen again yeah and i think that's very effective going into this pay-per-view which i can't imagine we'll see any of these guys on rampage or collision before that and it just leaves us with a lot of questions still to be asked and good questions too yeah and i think if it gets a revolution and they don't play up that injury at all then i would agree with the guilty hats there is like what did you actually gain from this then yeah it it brings me back to an angle that they did in the Jericho Punk uh, WWE 2012 feud that they did, where at one point they'd said that CM Punk had broken sobriety and was drinking backstage and they were going to do a sobriety test Mm. in the ring. And CM Punk 
pretended to be drunk throughout. And this is where the angle was really stupid. They said that if you drink 12 hours before or after a WWE event, that you'd be in big trouble. Okay, (laughs) sure. Remember Steve Austin? But anywho, the point was... CM Punk was going to be stripped of this title because he kept acting as if he was drunk and then got the jump on Jericho when he was like, haha, it's a ruse. But it was like, why didn't you just beat him up? Yeah. You know, this whole thing could have cost you a lot more than had you not. And that's what I kind of get out of this, where it's just like, because he was saying he was going to pull out of this title match where if he didn't get interrupted, would he just be like, ah, snap? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean it. Yeah, it's it's that it's wrestling logic, I guess, in some of that. It's like, well, why don't you just jump him? It's like, well, it's pro wrestling. Yeah, like, it's just sometimes you do a pro wrestling in there. Yeah, uh, James said, I think Page is so deranged because he cannot overcome Swerve, and the last opponent he couldn't overcome was Punk, who went on to tear down the company. So Page feels responsible and thinks if he doesn't stop Swerve, then the cycle will repeat. It's an interesting theory. Yeah, you know, like it's lot. one that I can't imagine will ever be elaborated on on yeah. TV because obvious reasons and such. But you look at the the year that he had after after Punk and everything, and he didn't have like this massive adversary that he just couldn't beat. You know, he beat Moxley twice, and that was his big singles feud. Yeah, that was really it. Dan Housen here says, "Happy Leap Day, gents! As so much as I love heel eat ending revolution with all the gold, which match main events? I don't really want Sting to retire match to be in the mid card, but the solidification of Hangman's heel turn needs to go on last, right? I've got to imagine Sting's match is going Sting's on match got to go last. Has to go on last. Yeah. Has to. But I I agree with Dan's point there. Of like it's if you want to do this big heel turn, do you want that in the middle of the card? I'd imagine it's the semi main. I would think so. Yeah." You know, I don't think this will be a, a deal where you need a come down match uh, between that and the main event. People will still be really up for the main event because it's Sting. It's what everyone's going to be there to see. It's like the, the double or nothing four way, mm-hmm. like being this in the semi main position. Yeah. Uh, and Matt here says, I may be reading too far into it, but I thought Hangman was taking himself out of the match so he could cost Swerve at Revolution. Then Hangman could get a singles match with Joe later. When Swerve mentioned the home invasion, it set Hangman off. But yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like you can try to paint your own worldview on top mm-hmm. of this, but it's not only what they were playing up on TV, but it's, it's as good a theory as any. It may, it has some logic in there because Hangman was so upset that he should have gotten a singles match. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I like that angle of it. There is some good logic in there, but yeah. uh, I'm just Marcus said, I like Hangman Page's slow but justified heel turn because it reminds me of Jericho where he's not wrong we're cheering a man who broke into another man's home and threatened his kid logically hangman is the good guy we're on the same page here marcus big show in 2000 <laughs> guys i'm right i won the royal rumble why are you booing me justin reed has been a member for 12 months in a row said felt like aew tried to lie to Meltzer to build up the injury angle i kind of wish sean hadn't corrected them would have been a bigger shock in the segment i did make a joke in the editor's review i was like yeah i mean this is a great segment but sean ruined this <laughs> sean ruined this by being too good at his job yeah i agree but also i would have been really bummed for the last week and i didn't need that yeah you well, know we were talking about that like last week when the injury uh, the angle happened we were talking about the injury and then you came in all like so pleased be like guys it's a work and we were like yeah because we were literally just chatting about half an hour before and being like man gutted for hangman page mm-hmm. man i was really looking forward to that match if i'd have spent the whole week being like oh man that would have yeah. been a real downer it could have been something like the he- the salmon suit 
swerve, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just like, I gotcha. I really gotcha. Cause they had everybody for that first day, yeah. you know, but I can see people being like, I would have liked to have been surprised by this, but I also am very happy to not go through a whole week being like, Man, I was really excited for this pay-per-view, and now I'm not. So that's both a thank you and screw you, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) But more a thank you, because we love you, bud. Uh, Let's get into the rest of the show. We had that opening segment. First poll result. Uh, oh yeah, should we do the poll now? Well, let's, let's let it run a little longer. So here we go. It's only been going for six minutes. Let's get a few more votes in there. Um, there we had a show-long storyline here with the Young Bucks arriving earlier today, talking about their meeting with Ric Flair that they had last week. But they're here to conduct Sting's exit interview, uh, which apparently is going to be with baseball bats. Mm-hmm. And throughout the show, we saw them like trying to find Sting and chase Sting down. Which led to some. There's a really funny moment later on where they go into his dressing room, which we'll come into in a bit. But yeah, uh, overall, just loving the Bucks at the moment. Yeah, Bucks all over the product right now is a thumbs up from me. We then had the Blackpool Combat Club beat the piss out of FTR and Eddie Kingston, who beat the piss out of them back in a cracking little trios match here. Kind of a sort of standard format of a trios match where you're going long, so you build to two different hot tags, and then mm. when you get into that final hot tag. Everyone just gets in and hits big moves and stuff, and the crowd went ballistic for it. Uh, I just wrote my notes here. Bill to an Eddie Kingston hot stag. Kingston's the best. <laughs> Ain't he just? He's just great. It always reminds me of that one pay-per-view that you and I did the <laughs> live results for. I think it was like full gear that one time, and we were just like, Ah, just put all the belts on Eddie. Yeah, just give him all the belts. And I mean, they basically have. Yeah, He's got of. three of them. He's just awesome. He's so great. Uh, I love the showdown with him and Mox because he takes down Danielson, he takes down Claudio, and Moxley takes him down. And he just immediately stands back up and being like, nah, come on, man. I said, we're not doing it like that. And they get into the hockey fight and stuff. It was great. Crowd was super into this. They did a three-way choke spot, but all three men, uh, the babyfaces, powered up out of that. They all did the machine gun chops mm-hmm. along with Kingston, which I really enjoyed. Then everyone hit their big moves. Danielson ducked the back fist, hit the knee plus the steppies and choked him out. Choked yeah. out Kingston. Great finish. A really good finish to set up this match because I think at a base level, everyone would probably agree that Brian Danielson is the better wrestler between them. But that's not what this match is necessarily about for Eddie Kingston. He's going to beat brian in order to say you have to respect me i beat you again and that you know having a little bit more doubt put into eddie's mind and the fans mind who are cheering for eddie i think is really really good why aren't the blackpool combat club the trios champions well because the uh the bang bag bang bag says again they're the trios Mm -hmm. champions that's to to correct myself to fact check myself there Mm -hmm. well you know because they got the belts right why (laughs) <laughs> why have they got the belts these three guys why couldn't we have had these three guys have their little cmll thing and have that be for the trios championship yeah, etc i don't know, I don't know but these guys are so awesome they're so cool this is such a cool trio and even if you yuda was around and in the mix in the trios mm-hmm. matches it would still be so cool i've got a feeling actually we've talked about this now actually because there's a segment later on where the Bucks interrupt an Eddie Kingston promo and they kind of threaten to fine Eddie Kingston for comments that he made on Collision last mm-hmm. week. And yeah, so they sort of set up some stuff that 
post-revolution we might doing an Eddie Kingston with the Young Bucks. And it got me thinking, I was like, oh, who would Eddie Kingston's tag partner be? And then I thought, what if it's Danielson? Oh! Like, Eddie beats Danielson at Revolution, and Danielson has to shake his hand and show him that respect. And then Eddie and Danielson are the ones who are fighting against the dickhead EVPs of this company, united by a common enemy. Wow. We have, I mean, I guess we had it last summer with MJF and Adam Cole, but they very quickly grew to love each other. We haven't had a tag team who hates each other yeah. in a while. And that was a very, the can they coexist thing was very overplayed for a while, but when done right is so much fun. I hadn't even considered that. I, it just it hit me when I was watching the show and I was like, who could Eddie's partner? <gasps> what if it's Brian? Whoa, <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I thought that'd be really fun because I'd love, you know, it's about elevating up the, the Backball Combat Club, them going up against Heelite. Mm-hmm. Like if we do have like, you know, all of them together. That's a, I mean, I know we've just done the Elite versus Blackball Combat Club. We did that this time last year. But with the roles reversed... I could go for it again. And you know what? I think the elite might be a little more motivated this time. Yeah, a little bit. You know, we kind of, we mentioned this on the prediction show yesterday, but the Young Bucks literally did an interview where like, we're having fun again. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) It looked like you didn't give a crap for the last year. Uh, We had a video promo basically explaining why Jericho taking on Atlantis Jr. is a big deal, why Jericho requested this match. And it's because... He once faced, he was feuding with and tagged with Atlantis Senior when he was going on his first tour down in Mexico in CMLL. So I thought that was quite cool, actually. I thought it was a really fun little story. Mm-hmm. Felt like it was done just for O'Shea Jackson. Pardon <laughs> <laughs> you, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Sorry, do apologize. Ice Cube would never give a crap about something so trivial. <laughs> he give less of a crap than the Bucks did last year at <laughs> AEW. But yeah, I thought it was just for him. But I uh, I thought this was very cool. And Jericho cut a promo afterwards. I said to you in the office that it felt like this was a live promo. If it was a pre-tape, he'd have asked for another take. Probably. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't that bad, but it was very like, yeah, you know, and, and this, and, and then this guy, and... um also this and you know it's gonna mean that we're gonna go out and i wanted i want to do this and uh also that and it was just like i feel like you could have tightened that up just a little bit i feel like sometimes there are, when you and i do like takes and stuff on something where i'm like i think i've got a better one in me yeah it's like like that one was fine and it's usable but i think i've got a better one in me yeah let's go again yeah uh we then had tony shivani in the ring for the all elite debut of will by god osprey and what I loved about this segment, what I loved about this was he was just unapologetically Will Ospreay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just Will. It's weird seeing Will doing American TV wrestling. I was going to say exactly that. I came down the ring and he was doing this thing. I was like, bloody hell, it's weird watching you do American TV wrestling angles, but you're just Will doing them. Yeah. And that's kind of amazing. He did very well for himself in this segment, you know, and I think his little interview prior to Don Callis and family coming out was like, it was fine. It wasn't the point of the segment by any means, but I was like, by God, this is strange. You know, it was just him talking about like, I signed here in November and then I had to go and do all my obligations in New Japan and those obligations are finished. And I took a 10 day vacation with the missus, had a great time. And now I flew myself here and they lost my bags, but then they found them and I'm here in my track and I look like Kermit the Frog did leg day. Ha 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 ha. 
And then Don Callis comes out and in, then the point of the segment begins. But it was just like, this is going to take some getting used to. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I love it because it's it's Will in AEW doing just being Will. But yeah. I, 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 it was bizarre, but I very much enjoyed it. I actually quite like the point that he made as well, where it's like, yeah, sure, I'm now officially All Elite, but I'm no stranger to All Elite Wrestling. Look at the last three pay-per-views that I've done. In fact, the, the only three pay-per-views I've done beat Orange Cassidy in mm-hmm. my first one, beat Kenny Omega in my second one, and I beat Chris Jericho in my third one. I'm like, that's a really good track record. Yep. His resume speaks for itself in AEW so far. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very glad that they didn't bring up the fact that they lost those trios matches and such before that. Yeah. Because we forget about all oh, that negativity. Yeah. We forget about all those losses. And you bring up, yeah, just three really big time great matches that he's had. And something tells me we'll get a fourth one on Sunday. I think so, too, because the Don Callis family came out. Great heat for Don Callis in all of this with his brown noise music. It's all the people mad that he won the Wrestling Observer's Best Non-Wrestler Award over Nana. I didn't see that one. I, I didn't, the, te- the ones I saw were the MJF and the Devil like, yeah, yeah. one like, worst gimmick and stuff. I didn't see that Callis won that, but that's great. Yeah, Well-deserved as well. Love Don Callis. And he was here to be like, you know, everything's going great for the Don Callis family. You know, we've got powerhouse Hobbs here we've got carl fletcher coming back soon we've got Takeshta, the alpha and now we've got will osprey and they're gonna have a match this you want to talk about a five-star classic that's what's gonna happen right here let's shake hands and let's get to this and so will and Takeshta shake hands but there's an easy tension about it they both pull each other in at different points and the segment kind of ended with it ended with will's music you know mm-hmm. ended with elevated and it's really as i uh, feels like we're sowing the seeds here for Will's not long for this group. No, and I think it'll be very interesting to see how long that takes because this could happen as soon as Sunday mm-hmm. where they'll, you know, I, I, we've both, I think, taken Will Ospreay to win this match because it's his debut match officially and it's good to hit the ground running with him, but he's also bulletproof to the point where he's so good that you could beat him in a match like this. And I could very easily see Don Callis hitting him with a screwdriver and giving Takeshita another big win. Yeah. It's entirely possible. It's how bulletproof he is. You and I literally watched him lose about two weeks ago. He came out and I was like, that guy's a star. (laughs) That guy's the biggest deal in pro wrestling right now. And I literally watched him lose a match two weeks ago. He's so good. So good. So looking forward to that match at the pay-per-view. I... I was thinking about this this morning of like, what is my most anticipated match for Revolution? And I thought it was Will versus Takeshita, and I think it is. But then I was like, oh no, that's the three way. Oh no, there's Sting's final match. Oh no, there's FTR and Blackpool Combat Club. Oh no, there's all. And I was like, this card is stacked. They've done a very good job with this Revolution card. I sure have. Uh, we then had the uh, Young Bucks and Eddie Kingston thing we spoke about earlier, making a joke about maybe implementing a dress code uh, mm-hmm. for the place as well. And then we had an open challenge for the International Championship as Orange Cassidy took on Nick Wayne. Thought I had a fine fine little match here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christian Coalition were ejected from ringside, early doors. Uh Undisputed Kingdom, not the United Kingdom, arrived down and brawled with best friends. Garcia stopped uh, Wayne from cheating. Orange Punch for the win. Kind of was there to build two different matches yeah. in Orange Cassidy and Roderick Strong and Daniel Garcia and Christian. So I thought, as a segment, like it was simple and effective. I just feel that in one one of those feuds is fairly cold. 
and I'm into the other one. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think if we had like another week's TV, we would probably get Orange Cassidy and Daniel Garcia against Christian and uh, Roddy Strong. Yeah, that'd be a fun like champion and challengers type match. But we don't. So it's fine. We move on. But yeah, I don't think the Orange Cassidy Roderick Strong thing is particularly hot right now. I think their match will be fantastic. But you look at it, and the Undisputed Kingdom just isn't a very hot act at the moment. Not really. Hopefully that changes with a good pay-per-view. But this was an interesting match for a number of reasons. I found that for a lot of the in-ring stuff in the middle of this show that the crowd was kind of cold for it. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of weird where you look at Orange Cassidy and Nick Wayne, and I get that Nick Wayne as a singles guy is maybe not over to the level of some of these other guys or, or whatnot. I'm personally a really big fan. I've been watching him for a long, long time. But I understand that the broader audience might not pop huge or or boo loudly with Nick Wayne coming out. Because he's just Chris Jericho's, uh, sorry, Chris, Christian Cage's guy. Yeah, absolutely. But still, it was a little disappointing that even when they were doing really good wrestling, that the crowd would kind of not really get into it. We saw in a lot of the matches that there were tons of people just kind of going like, come on, give me something. And the crowd just not really getting into it as much. And maybe that's just that they booked matches that this crowd didn't want to see. And maybe that's a lesson to be learned. But I thought this was a very well wrestled match. That just didn't captivate people as much as I would have hoped. Yeah, and I was then really surprised because during the Jericho Atlantis match, there was a This Is Awesome chant. And I was like, that sounds seems generous. Well, that's like the wrestling fans' pull string <laughs> yeah. response to anything now. I guess so, yeah. Um, we then had Renee interviewing the Bang Bang Scissor Gang backstage. They did the same promo they basically do every single week. Uh, they made a joke about Max uh, messing up his rap on Collision. Mm-hmm. And I very much enjoyed Max Cassidy being like, do you think anyone noticed? <laughs> uh, and they've made another six-man for Collision. And you'll be surprised to hear, because they, they taped this last night, it's against the Dark Order. Uh-huh. So we, we've made a slight error on our Revolution prediction show. We were talking about, like, oh, yeah, they... they one of the on the Wikipedia page, they've already listed who wins the uh, the match on Collision. I was like, mm-hmm. I think that's happening on Saturday. They've already taped Collision. Mm. I don't know if they've taped Rampage though. Yeah, but they have. I would imagine so. Yeah, I would imagine so. I just couldn't find spoilers for it anywhere. But yeah. I found the spoilers for Collision, so they've taped Collision already. Um, but yeah, so it's against the Dark Order. If I may, <laughs> please do. I hate this act. I really don't like it. And before people get on me. The ass boys are like the least of my worries with all of it. I am so not offended by the ass boys. I just hate this act. I hate that this is what Jay White is doing right now. Like, I thought, and I've said this before, that this would have been like a three-week alliance tops before the, the Bang Bang Gang turns on the acclaimed, and then it leads to a unification match of the trios titles because we don't need two sets. But we're just dicking around like this is some hot act that people are really going to, yeah, get into. I reviewed a a Dynamite a few weeks ago where there was no point to a segment where they just literally came out to the ring and were like, hey, we're all together. And I'm like, "Okay, this didn't set up a match. Didn't make me more interested in seeing you again. No, I have zero interest in this group. 
And I have not been one that's been super into the Billy Gunn, you know, edition of this acclaimed team. I love the acclaims run as tag team champions. This trio's run has been absolutely nothing for me. And I like the Bullet Club Gold guys when they're away from this. I would just really love if we could get to that. Yeah, I, I miss Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, and maybe part of that is Juice, Juice Robinson Rob, yeah. not being there. I think Juice not being there really has taken this group down a peg. But my God, like, can we just get them back to being heels and just beating up people? Yeah. Have them be the trio's champs and anything. Well, because my, my worry is in that, is that Austin Gunn obviously loves being part of this group. I'm talking character-wise, I'm sure, they, sure. they're all having fun and stuff, and they'd be even Jay's having fun, but like Austin Gunn is like, he's really enjoying working with his dad again, and like, being part of like this 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 group. So if they do, the Bullet Club Gold's like split away from them. Is Austin Gunn not going with them? Are they, they going to split up with the guns? And like, I don't I kind of want the four of them back. I want Austin, Colton, Jay, and Juice. Like, mm -hmm. I want that as my foursome. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I just they're going nowhere fast, and yeah. I would wish that they would just get there. Isn't it like you know, a few people have said that like this is it's taking too long. It's not even been that long, but it feels like I like I agree. It feels like it's taken too long to get to a point. Yeah, and I've I don't want to sound like a broken record. I'm so so annoyed that they're not doing anything with the kingdom. Yeah, that's the whole point they got together was their united hatred of the kingdom, and they've done absolutely nothing with the kingdom since. Hate that. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It, I think it's quite bad storytelling. Uh, up next was, I'd argue the one of the the best match on the show. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it really was. It was Chris Statlander the trios match. That's it. It was Chris Statlander versus Sky Blue, uh, a rubber match of sorts as well. They both had a win each on TV again over the other. And I thought, like, Statlander was awesome mm -hmm. in this match. Sky Blue was really good as well. They had this moment where uh, Statlander did an overhead press and she just launched Sky Blue into some plants in the front row. Oh, this is really good. German suplex on the apron. Loved the finish of Stokely trying to get Statlander to cheat. Willow, yeah. Jimmy, and like, what are you doing, Stoke? And he'd be like, yeah, this is a good idea. Right in front of the referee, which obviously is a bad idea. And because of that, Julia Hart gets in the ring and clocks Statlander with the TBS championship. Sky Blue hits Code Blue, which doesn't always go well, but this one went very well mm -hmm. and got the win. That was a great match. Very good match. I saw a lot of people saying that this was Sky Blue's best match of her career. And as well, that this was Chris Statlander's kind of like, Oh, yeah, still great. Uh -huh. We kind of always knew that, but she's had a lot of injuries, and the TBS championship run she did have, like, started off pretty well, but then she just wasn't on TV as much and took a backseat to, like, the Owen Hart Cup and things like that, and then lost the belt. Hasn't really been in the mix too much since. Now we get this match, and it was like, God damn. Maybe this will be the year that Chris Statlander finally gets to properly have a coming out party and shine. Absolutely. I hope so as well. Because I think yeah. I agree with you. Statlander's TBS title run started off strong, but then she became a victim of, well, we can only have one women's match a show. Yep. And we've also got another women's title that we need to promote. So you are going to have to take a backseat while we promote this other one because we can't possibly have two matches. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to get anyone too excited, but there are three women's segments on Collision this Heck week. Yeah. There are two women's matches and then the face-to-face -face with the champion. So, like, Mercedes Monet coming in, I think it's going to make a huge shift in this. I think that's one of the reasons why Jen Pepperman's been brought in as mm -hmm. well. Uh, so I'm hoping because, like, all of that coming together at the same time, 
uh, with the rise, you know, the re-rise, the re-re-re-rise of, of Chris Statlander, hopefully we can get something good. I think it's it's unfortunate that Julia Hart's injured because mm-hmm. I think we would have had a four-way at the pay-per-view. Yeah, and that is really unfortunate because I know Dan has found it very much difficult to get through in, on Collision and everything because a lot of these segments with, you know, Stoke and Willow and Chris Stat, they do all kind of feel the same. It's just a backstage pre-tape where, you know, they, they make some comedy, but they say they're going to beat up one of Julia Hart or Sky Blue. And I'm glad that we got a good match on TV this week. That definitely helps. But it does feel, again, like we've taken a long time to get to this point. Yeah. And I think a title match and then something new probably would have helped, but doesn't seem like we're going to get one. Maybe we will, but not this week, it seems. But to go back to the match itself, Mm. I really enjoy the dynamic of the absolutely most positive person on the planet, best friend, and also the dickhead manager that wants you to cheat. Yeah, Ollie took issue with this a couple of weeks ago where Willow effectively cheated to win because Stokely got involved. And I was like, no, I think that's that's kind of the gimmick of it, is that she is the nicest person on the planet and he's one of the biggest dickhead clowns that they have. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're together, yeah, and that's where like the comedy and the, the 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 buddy cop drama of it all comes together, I guess. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Genuinely, I did think it was like outside of the trios match, which was always going to be great. Um, best match on the show. Yeah, really, really enjoyed. No, it. No, I agree. Backstage, this was my favorite of the Buck segments. They found Sting's locker room, and they go in, and there's lots of bats hanging from the ceiling, but they're baseball bats. So lots of get it yeah and nicholas it's all red and everything and nicholas walks in and is like do you think this is mind games <laughs> <laughs> really made me laugh uh reminds me of all those nxt things where they'd walk into dexter loomis's room and there'd just be like knives everywhere yeah. he's like this isn't concerning at all <laughs> Uh, we then had Lionheart Chris Jericho taking on Atlantis Jr. Uh, for me, this was completely worthwhile because I got White Zombie on Dynamite. Yeah. So I got to hear Electric Head, and I was pretty thrilled with that. So I, I wish it'd be Lionheart Chris Jericho all the time so I can hear that song. If Rob Van Dam had been on this show, I'd have had that and Pantera. What a <laughs> night I'd have had. I mean, this all was worth it for me because the original Atlantis was there. Yeah, you popped hard when I Atlantis was like, Senior came out. Oh home. my God. Because he's he's a big deal in the world of Lucha Libre. Like, you know, not to bore people with with a history lesson or anything, but he had the match of the year in 2000. And you think of how good of a year 2000 mm-hmm. was. But no, it was a Lucha Libre match with him and Viano. And it was a mask versus match, ma- mask versus mask match. And won the Wrestling Observer Award for match of the year. At the time where it was just like Lucha Libre does not get a lot of play yeah. outside of the southern states and everything. It's not widely accessible to a lot of people. But... This guy is a big star. He was a big deal. It might not have been to the people in the crowd here, because I don't know how well-versed in Lucha Libre the people of Huntsville, Alabama, were going to be. No offense to them. But to see that, knowing that this man is a Hall of Famer, one of the great luchadors of all time, I was like, that is cool. Plus, you have the cool story in there of Jericho fighting the kid of a former tag partner of his. I thought it was some really nice stuff within here. Um, I did see a, a funny tweet about this, but like one of the it's based in one of the great things about CMLL getting so much featuring on AEW Dynamite is it's introducing other no- the other North American audiences to the two great feuds 
of Lucha Libre, which is AAA versus CMLL and Luchadors versus Working Visas. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the goddamn truth? Yeah, because there's a report from PW Insider that uh, nearly 20 CMLL wrestlers, including some of the ones who've been on Dynamite recently, like Hechicero and Voldor Jr., are currently, their working visas might be pulled. In fact, I think they already have been pulled. And that means that they might not be able to perform over WrestleMania weekend. Most of them are booked for WrestleMania weekend, particularly with New Japan. So yeah, there's a a real like, uh oh, they might not be back anytime soon. Yeah, worry. Get this Jericho match out of the way now <laughs> while we can. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we need to do this right now. Uh, but the match itself, you know, I thought I had a, a, a fun little match here. It wasn't like nothing special. Like I wouldn't rush out of your way to go and see it. But like, if you're watching this week's dynamite, then don't change the channel. Yeah. But the crowd channel, this is awesome. Like we said earlier, it's the, the rip cord of like, oh, we're not really making much noise, but they just did a big move. So this is awesome, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then they got the walls of Jericho in, did, uh, did Chris Jericho and Atlanta's senior through the towel in because he knew his boy wasn't going to quit. So that was a fun finish. Yeah. It's different at least. Yeah. And then they all hugged and, and Jericho winning men. I got to hear white zombie again. So, you know, 10 out of 10 show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was really it. I didn't really have any notes for this. It was oh. just like a fine TV match. That's I'm it. not terribly into Jericho, but for a one night angle and match and everything, tell me a story in one show. Yeah. I thought they did a good enough job. I feel like this is the match that like, I think you're right. It's that we need to get the CMLL stuff done now, just in case more of these working visas go to itself, because this did nothing to promote the pay-per-view. No. And it's funny when they do that on the go home show. Right. Yeah. You know, but eh, to each their own, I suppose. I guess as well, the meat madness match got pulled. Tony Khan announced before the show that he was pulling meat madness because of injuries. I get the feeling that this, cmll thing I, I feel like because the only reason i think that is because the three dudes that are announced for it are just in the replacement yeah. match. like so who else was going to be in this thing but they did announce that it's now an all-star scramble it's jericho hobbs archer wardlow hook brian cage and two vacants which will either be magnus or matt seidel which is on rampage or a triple threat of penser brian keith and dante martin which will be on collision this saturday i thought the announcement of Matt Seidel versus Magnus for a shot to be in the match to get a shot at the world title was absolutely hilarious. I wonder if, and that's me, my are they all, did they take Rampage two weeks ago and then they're just, they're adding this on, they're just going to get Excalibur to go in and post and be like, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> Could be, because like, you know, I give AEW a lot of leeway with the rankings and stuff, but I was like, I'm sorry, how far down the rankings would you have to scroll to find either of these guys? You have to find Matt Seidel of all people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, whatever whatever it is. Like, it really is a match for Wardlow. Yeah. Um, but then our main event was the Young Bucks finally finding Sting. They came down to the, the ring. They found a group of Sting like fans in the front row all wearing Sting masks. They were lifting them all up because they've seen this before. They know that Sting's underneath one of these. But in fact, it was Darby Allen and Darby Allen dive, dove onto them. They gave uh, Darby the EVP trigger and out came Ric Flair, who they had their meeting with last week. Ric Flair comes in looking like he's going to side with the Young Bucks. But then he punches the young bucks instead he turns on them uh they take him out with the uh, very light low blow uh and then sting's music hits the young bucks go up the ramp with their baseball hats in hand ready to take him out and sting descended from the rafters and this place went ballistic Mm -hmm. and i felt like a child again and it was marvelous i thought that credit to AEW's production here 
great job of hiding the fact that Sting then had to de-rig himself before, you know, going off to, to do some fighting and stuff. I thought this was awesome. This was about as fantastic a go-home angle for Sting's retirement match yeah. as you could have ever hoped for. Yeah. You know, you you played all the hits, and we've said we just want to see Sting play the hits in the match. You got the Sting under the mask <laughs> thing, and you've got Sting descending from the rap, rafters and Sting kicking ass. Yeah, and Ric Flair. And Ric Flair. <laughs> Playing all the hits. I, I had a brilliant. great, I had a great time with this. The, the scorpion death drop to Nicholas, coffin drop by uh, Darby onto both of them, and the the baby faces stood toward the end. A great final dynamite for Sting. I loved this. Yeah, it was like when Ric Flair retired, quote unquote, at WrestleMania, and the last shot of the final Raw before WrestleMania was Flair tapping out the WWE champion, mm-hmm. and it was just like. The finish could have been anything because it was a big eight-man tag with all the WrestleMania people in it. But it was like, no, this episode is the Ric Flair episode. Here, this is your chance to cheer Ric Flair as a winner before the pay-per-view. Yeah. And it felt kind of like that, where I think the Young Bucks are probably going to win these tag titles at the pay-per-view. Yeah, but too. this was the chance for everybody to just cheer the valiant hero Sting. I had a very, very fun time with this. I'm just going to... Uh point out as well someone here said uh it's not uh magnus as in brutus magnus it's not the, the no it's not the gm of smackdown <laughs> in case anyone was wondering <laughs> just just want to double check it on it's not that magnus uh but yeah i thought this was a, a great uh closing segment also thought as well credit to AEW's production timed it so well i was mm-hmm. checking when the overrun started it was like when everyone's tuning in to see what the next show is on tbs and it was just as sting was making his entrance like oh that's some good timing right there well done well done production i yeah enjoyed that and i, I gave the show three out of five i thought it was like a, a very fine episode of dynamite a good go home episode of dynamite like nothing particularly blow away on the episode but yeah a a solid go home show yeah i think three out of five is about where i would put it i might go up to four if the crowd was a bit more into the matches in the middle like if those all felt like really hot matches then maybe i could have felt the energy and given it a little bit higher of a rating but a good show nonetheless i think the best things on the show were the opening and the closing with a couple of really good matches in the middle that kind of at least to me transcended the lack of crowd reaction with some other pretty good matches on there as well i would agree Uh, thank you all so much for watching. We are going to be reading the rest of your chats here. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last chance to get those in. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle, by the way, because our three-hour, 40-minute video podcast review of Extreme Rules 2014 is now live for our Patreon backers, as well as exclusive episodes of Survival Series. So go and check those out because there's a grand old time to be had. We've got the great feedback so far to all of that, including uh, in especially our Extreme Rules 2014 review episode people really seem to be digging that one mm-hmm. mostly because that cena wyatt matches is so bad oh my god and people are really enjoying the double triple power bombs <laughs> <laughs> in the shield also and there's a little uh teaser for everyone here if you haven't seen it yet i play out the audio of the time i appeared on wrestling observer live with brian alvarez in 2013 
Wow. I called into a phone-in show that they did. And how'd you do, Luke? Badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad because I did it on a Skype line and, oh, there was a delay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's not very good, but I played the audio out there so you can go and hear that because I'm not going to give you the date for it so you can go find it in the archives. I had to go searching for it. But you can hear it on that show. So get on to patreon.com forward slash rest talk. Rob here has been a member for 20 months in a row said, Swerve is the Stone Cold. I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin getting cheers during his match with Brett. I hate hated it but i'm loving this hope he keeps his character he does kind of have like that i'm just a badass and you're gonna end up cheering for me because who doesn't love a badass character you know sammy here with a very interesting voice sammy boy said call me old school but i'm getting irritated with this generation's cheering of villains if you're a fan of a heel you boo right sammy zane had a good reason to cheer for him because we saw him uh, saw the turn in him roman and swerve keep saying that they're the bad guy you should boo them cody and sammy are the only pure baby faces with fans backing them i mean adam and drew are justified with everything they're doing in my eyes we are the problem seth dickhead joker was a heel but everyone sings joe's cool boo him to acknowledge that I I can agree with some of it, you know, mm-hmm. and it's part of the reason that like when I go to shows, I very often just try and help the match in whatever way it needs, whether that be booing the person that maybe isn't as over as a heel mm-hmm. or or whatever the case may be, just to help the match. And I do think that there is something to fans just cheering the stars as opposed to yeah, cheering yeah. or booing the heels but that is also just kind of the era in which we're living in now where you know we went through such a long period of when it was only WWE where they didn't really have the big stars coming up so it was just like listen I went to a house show in 2013 where the matches were things like 3MB versus Tons of Funk mm-hmm. and Justin Gabriel versus Zack Ryder Right. So when CM Punk comes out, everyone friggin cheered because it was the first time someone saw a star on the show. Now, there's a lot more stars on these shows, granted. But I do think there is something to that. And you can go back to Stone Cold Steve Austin getting cheers. And a lot of the time, it's up to the company of how they want to pivot and respond to those cheers. You could have them, you know, just stay on the path that they're on and be a a heel that gets cheered. And sometimes I think that does make for a worse experience. Like what we saw in collision where everyone was cheering Malachi, Malachi black in a singles match with, with Brian Keith because Malachi was the star and it made for a little bit of a wishy washy match where Brian Keith wasn't getting cheered, even though he was the baby face and they still structured the match as if he Mm. was the baby face. And so it was tough. But in the case of swerve, like was brought up here, this is just him organically getting over as a babyface, as opposed to, oh, the people aren't playing their roles right. Yeah, I think it's also the next evolution of what we saw throughout the 2000s, which is you're less cheering or booing characters because everyone's just doing cool stuff. Everyone's mm-hmm. just doing cool moves and stuff, which I guess is the evolution of the 90s NWO D-Generation X Steve Austin of just like, yeah, they're villains, but they're cool. So we're cheering them. Yeah. And... Then when you get into sort of the TNA Ring of Honor era, it was just like, no, everyone's just doing cool moves, so everyone gets cheered. doesn't matter how much of a, a dick P.D. Williams is, his finish is awesome, so I'm going to cheer every time he does it. Yeah. The, the next evolution of that then is just kind of going back to the, like, oh yeah, I'm going to cheer whoever's the coolest character, whoever a star is. Yeah, I get the I get the frustration with it. Yeah, me too. But- I, I think it, I take it in, you know, case-by-case basis. So we have the results of our poll here. Joe winning 63%. 
I thought it would be more split. I thought so too. Yeah, twenty five percent for Swerve, only eleven for Hangman. Um, with obviously there's some percentiles in there, but yeah, I'm I thought that would be more an e- evenly split. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that would be so heavily weighted into Joe. Rob McDonut here says from last week I think RVD deserves a shout out for the way he's willing to put everyone over not many legends would turn up for a six man tag and happily take the L his invasion match with Jeff got me into wrestling Steiner Math was more entertaining uh, I mean I'll be honest with you bud uh, that Jeff match against RVD uh, at invasion might be the only good match on that show what do you mean might be <laughs> <laughs> i know there's the star power of the main event i guess sure on one side big shout out to rob van dam i've yeah. greatly enjoyed his work in AEW so Me far uh, plus i get pantera on tv uh john here said here's some money for you handsome gents great episode of dynamite the bucks not selling for flair would have been better i understand he's 700 years old but them looking at each other like what's he doing and then kicking him in the balls yeah uh, well, you know, if you get a thumb to the eye, you got to sell that. Yeah. Uh, Justin said, so I guess the injuries Tony mentioned on Twitter were Jericho's hurt feelings and bruised ego since he wasn't going to be on the card. <laughs> next time for the next hashtag, we want meat madness. I did have a thought yesterday. I was like, huh, maybe this is going to be like the first pay-per-view with no Jericho. That's I, that's wild. I still, that's, honestly, because he, they stopped doing the Callus family thing and they were doing him versus uh, Will Ospreay versus Takeshita, I was like, oh, maybe this Fozzie tour is longer than I think. No, he's no. back for the pay-per-view. He sure is. Can't have a pay-per-view without Jericho. Ryan here said, all of the AEW shows have been solid as of late. Genuinely love Joe. This man can sure cut a freaking promo. And finally, Will Ospreay. My one thing about this show was Ric Flair's punches gave me Jenna vibes. <laughs> he needs to pin his elbows to his sides if it needs to be like Jenna. That's more like the uh, the, the video you were sharing the other day with, yeah. uh, with Okada and Tongaloa. Oh my god! <laughs> Just poke him in the stomach. <laughs> Will Campbell said, "Hi guys, I'm super excited about the three way, but the thing that is the major selling point for me this Sunday is Eddie versus Danielson. I love Eddie. I love Brian. I love the two beating the tar out of each other, and I hope Brian puts Eddie over again." Listen. Anybody could tell me any match from this card is their most anticipated match, and I would not argue with them. Absolutely, exactly. Tyrone here said, Hello, lovely lads. We need more Tempest on Wrestle Talk. I agree. I have a hot take. Takeshita is going to beat Osprey at the pay per view due to Callis. Um, so starts a different feud, um, also different enough to start a feud, in my opinion. Also, we need Crow Sting music. Luke is right via Steiner Math. Funny enough, Tyrone, we talk about that on the prediction show tomorrow, this idea of here's an argument to be made but mm-hmm. to cash it to beat osprey i still think osprey wins but i could very much see it going either way the roller coaster here said hey guys i know you uh, uh you know i've never cried due to wrestling but seeing sting descend from the rafters for the absolute last time because seriously i think revolution this coming sunday might cause me to shed some tears hope you have a great day his kids are there and they all hug at the end of that show yeah i just might Goose Egg. Excited for a revolution, and it's looking to be another long show, but to be honest, all the matches are ones I want to see. Hoping the pacing is good and there's no burnout. What do you think will be the reaction? Uh, what do you think about the reaction Jericho got? Weird is seeing him not come out to Judas. God, it's so refreshing, isn't it? When you know <laughs> that goddamn entrance isn't going to be five minutes long. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the reaction's different because it's different music, and people are there to kind of sing along with Judas. 
I mean, he came out to a better song this week. <laughs> An unquestionably better song. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been on a week of hot takes, but if I got bored here, I'd write White Zombie greater than Fozzy. And I don't think many would argue with me because Fozzy are quite terrible and White Zombie are quite great. <laughs> Uh, Blake here said, Hi lads, hope you're having a great day. Just a quick question. Do you plan on doing any pay-per-view live reactions in the office? I like watching with you, but when it's uh, in the pub, all the shouting is overstimulating and I have to turn off. Thanks, my dudes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the pub is kind of where we're looking to move all of our live reactions to. So I'm sorry that it's it's not working out for you. I actually really am sorry about that, but it's we kind of feel it's a better atmosphere. We have done live reactions at pub, then come back to the office and done live reactions. SummerSlam last year weird mm-hmm. how weird it felt like i was missing something and I, I feel like we've now passed a rubicon we can't go back yeah a little bit to doing it in the office again i we wanted to make them the best they could possibly can be and that is the best that they can be is when we do them live mm-hmm. john here says luke i don't always agree with you but i have to say steiner math is greater than the pipe bomb you guys are amazing you do great work don't let negative comments or anything make you feel otherwise lots of us love you and what you do Thank you very much. That's really appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, John here, longtime moderator. Luke, I respectfully disagree about Steinmath being the best wrestling promo. There is a big difference between most memorable and the best. The Shockmaster's introduction in WCW is one of the most memorable introductions for all the wrong reasons. And like Steinmath, does make people remember that time of WCW, but it's not the best. I mean, who's to say the Shockmaster isn't the best wrestling debut of all time? I mean, right? Like, who's out to argue that Robocop's one of the best celebrity <laughs> appearances in wrestling? <laughs> Things that people remember. Sting's buddy Robocop. I hope he's there in the audience for Sting's Can retirement. You imagine? <laughs> That's playing the hits. Yeah, we can't get Kevin Nash, but we have got Robocop. <laughs> Man, if only that new game had come out, like, around this yeah. time, you could have done a big tie-in with that shame uh, andy here said hi guys just wanted to let you know that you're awesome and have inside inspired me to start my own wrestling podcast i'm also trying to read more wrestling related books any recommendations much appreciated uh have a nice day is probably the i was good. gonna say all of mick foley's books are quite great yep you know uh, particularly the one about his very sad time in tna <laughs> yeah that was honestly the first one i read and i loved it yeah. i loved countdown to lockdown uh, that those are all really good. Uh, Hitman, obviously, by Brett is very, very good. Uh, Jericho's first couple books are very, very good. Edge's book. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for him to do a second book for I do not know how long because he wrote it himself. Like he didn't use a ghostwriter or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And it was his project while he was recovering from his neck injury. And it's really funny. It was honestly the thing that got me to like Edge. Yeah. You know, uh, Brian Danielson's book. Yeah, is really really good. Uh, shout out to the the hardcore truth, mm-hmm. uh, the Bob Holly book. Um, partly because a friend of mine uh, co-wrote it, but it's also a really really good book. Very underrated book as well. Death of WCW. I was going to say Death of WCW. Get the ten year anniversary edition of the Death of WCW because not only is it a great book, it came out in 2014, so it's got a real snapshot of TNA. Yeah, of like. 2014 tna or where tna was in 2014 because he has everyone kept asking brian alvarez and rd reynolds when are you going to do the death of tna and he kept saying it won't die so i can never write this book it's been around for too long it's been now. too long now so he just instead had a chapter at the end which was just here are all of the dumb things that have happened in tna up until this point and it's so good it is an encyclopedia 
and yeah. the most entertaining encyclopedia you could ever hope to read. Yeah, so I totally recommend those, those books. Are ones you should definitely check out. Yeah. Um, also, John, I, I get that Steiner Math is not just not the most memorable. It's it's not most memorable. It's defining. It is promotion defining. That is bigger than just being memorable. Uh, Isham here says, Hello to my two favorite podcasters. Long time listener, first time commenting. I am from North Carolina. And me and my two best friends and Haley are going to our first pay-per-view. We've been watching since the Monday Night War. And seeing Sting is mind-blowing. Well, I'm very glad that that's what you're going to see on your very first show. I mean... You couldn't ask for a much better card for your first live pay-per-view. Yeah. Revolution, man. That's the the one time yeah, AEW really pull out the Revolution cards. I heard somebody, like, for years they would always say that Revolution was their WrestleMania, and I was like, what? That doesn't seem right. It should be either double or nothing, because that's the first one, or all out, because it's the thing after all in and such. But the more years that go by, I was like, Maybe it is Revolution. Yeah. It's the one they seem to put on the best cards for. It's the, it's the first one of the year. It's the it's the real New Year, New Me pay-per-view. Yeah. I love it. And Football Manager Mike said, Hi, guys. Long-time listener. First-time chatter. Just want to say I appreciate all the content you provide. Luke, I met you yesterday outside of Sainsbury's. Thank you for being so nice and wanting to have a chat. Stein and Math for Life. Hey, buds. Yeah, we had a, a lovely little chat. Just stopped me. Um, sorry I had to cut it so short. I had to go get my lunch. But yeah, it was lovely. Thank you so much for tuning in and sending a chat as well. Thank Sainsbury you Squad. Sainsbury Squad. It is better than Tesco. Nah, Team Tesco. <laughs> uh, right, let's end the poll and see what you thought of this episode of Dynamite. 75% thumbs up, 18% in the middle. That seems about right. Yeah. That is like, that's higher than Raw and Elimination Chamber. That doesn't surprise me. I haven't seen Raw, mm. but... I enjoyed this show more than Elimination Chamber, I reckon. I guess. It might be a little bit close, but, you know, this was a less predictable show than that. I guess so, yeah. I wasn't surprised by anything at Elimination (laughs) Chamber. I didn't expect to see Sting coming off the rafters. That's what it is. It's like that extra 10% on there is just for Sting coming down the rafters. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching. Tomorrow, our Revolution Predictions podcast will be going up tomorrow here on the channel and in the podcast feed. And then on Monday, Tempest and I will be doing a full review of AEW Revolution, which we're very, very excited about. So make sure you subscribe to this channel. Give us a little thumbs up. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on this episode and the upcoming pay-per-view. We'll see you tomorrow. I've been Luke Owen, D-A-D. That has been Tempest. Jam that jam. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.